The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Often does our shapeshifter give up their birthday to spend it with us, but that is what Anat Apta has done this evening, the founder at Anat. Thank you for sharing your birthday with us, Anat. It's uh, wonderful to have you on this auspicious occasion. Thank you. Well, thank thank you very much for joining us. Because um, I've often looked at the name Anat, and I've wondered to myself, I wonder where that comes from. I wonder who it is. And I've looked at Anat and I've asked myself that question. So tonight I'm solving it for my listeners and I'm solving it for me as well uh, because you've created over the last 30 years a national chain of um, takeaways of Middle Eastern style foods from falafel, crispy on the outside, fluffy on the inside, to shawarma. Um, And I'm, I'm delighted that you've joined us. And I suppose the story goes back, what, 100 years or so ago to Yemen and then via Egypt to South Africa. Just tell me the, the family history uh, with uh, with falafel in particular, Anat. Firstly, thank you for this song for my birthday. Happy birthday. And uh, good evening to the listeners and to our uh, devoted customers. Um, our story, the family story, started uh, ooh, in the 20s in uh, Yemen, not in Yemen, actually my family, my grandfather and my grandmother traveled from uh, uh, Yemen to to Israel. They wanted to get to Israel eventually. And uh, on the way, the resources were depleted. So they stuck for a little while in Alexandria in Egypt. My grandfather, which was a teenager at that time, needed to help the family. So he started to work in a falafel shop as a helper. Then later, when he reached Israel and he and my my grandmother got married and had children and he needed money, he started to sell falafel in the streets of Tel Aviv um, for a few years. And then on 1953, my grandmother had 12 kids, six boys and six girls. My word. And uh, my, my, her neighbor, there was a competition in Israel. They wanted to populate Israel. So there was a competition that called Mother of the Year. So her neighbor registered her and she won. Eventually she won. She was the Mother of the Year at that year. Now the mayor, the mayor of the city invited her uh, because he wanted to greet her, and uh, there he told her that he wants to greet her and he wants to give her a present. And what would be good for her? And then she said, "Please give my my husband uh, a shop, you know, that he can sell the falafel from a shop and not from a trolley." He, used, he built a trailer, like a little trailer from wood, and uh, that's how he sold this falafel. He got this shop, and this shop was working until, you know, then it moved to my father and from my father to my brother. And it's uh, closed down, uh, what, about 10 years ago? Yes. And then I came to South Africa. Uh, I didn't have memories from uh, 
good memories from my father selling falafel. Uh, and I thought I would never, never, never be in a food business. But come the times when I needed money, and my money, you can always open a falafel shop. Anyway. Sorry, Anat, we, lo- we lost you there on the, the most critical point oh, really? of the story. And your voice disappeared. You never okay. thought that you would do falafel. You didn't like your father's experience of falafel. And... And no, 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 no. My father was before that a, mm. a dancer and an actor in a group that traveled yeah. the world. And that's what I loved. Yeah. But uh, when my father started to sell falafel, actually, in fact, I was embarrassed, firstly, that my father became a falafel seller. And then I thought I would never I'd like falafel. Never mind. He went to a wedding. He went to... A uh, uh, family occasion, his, uh, his, always, his car was always smelled like falafel. And I thought I would never do it. But then I came to South Africa and I did, I entertained a lot uh, falafel because, you know, the Israeli community here loved the food and I always, and, and, and people told me all the time, why don't you open a shop? Why don't you open? I said, never, never. I love to make it, but I don't want to, that it'll be my business. But come difficult times, and I needed to do something about it, you know, my husband went into financial problems, and I've decided to help. I went to the Brumelec flea market, which I used to to visit a lot, because it was vibey at that time. It was, I think, the only vibey place in Johannesburg. And that's what we're going to do is just hit so, pause there for a moment because unfortunately this this line is letting us down. I want to pick up on the Broomer Lake Free Market because that's the beginning of Anat. Um, and it's a food truck before food trucks were a thing. And I think it's really important. And let's get some lessons from Anat as to what she's learned in terms of introducing a Middle Eastern fast food concept into South Africa and has run it for the last 30 years. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. When the technology works, it's absolutely fantastic. But when it, it's infuriating. So we're trying to get Anat Apta on a telephone because that's the good old fashioned way of doing it. Because more often than not, we're let down by telephones rather than by the great digital connection. So Anat, if you are listening to us on the digital connection, if you could answer your phone, um, then we can carry on with the conversation. But I mean, it's a, it's a history lesson in Middle Eastern food and family and not wanting to do what your family did, but hitting... The, the, uh, sort of a bit of a financial um, hiccup in 1991 and the family had a cash flow issue and so her mother's lesson was if you ever need to make money make falafel and falafel to do it properly is nothing short of extraordinary and there is some awful falafel in the market and there is some glorious falafel in the market if you've never had falafel it is a protein rich food or originates in the Middle East, made from chickpea flour, made into a dough, deep fried and crunchy on the outside, fluffy on the inside. And then you put that with a whole range of roasted vegetables and crunchy freshness and pita breads. And a nut uh, also started its own bakery in order to, to, to really maximize the returns on their investment in the the fast food chain. And it starts in 1991. 
in Bruma Lake. Bruma Lake in those days was a thriving environment, a remarkable environment. Went past there just last week on my way to go and see Robbie Brosen at Constitution Hill. And uh, I just, it, it didn't feel the vibe. The vibe wasn't there anymore. And that was such a, a great pity because that market was one of the first in Joburg and um, sort of in modern times anyway. And it was a remarkable a remarkable example of what a vibrancy can bring and multiculturalism can bring and all of the good things that, that it does bring. Since then, of course, Sinat has gone and moved into a franchise enterprise. And I think there have been lots of really tough times in recent years. I think they've uh, you know, had, they had to make some tough calls and some tough decisions, and it hasn't grown as exponentially as many other franchise operations in food have done. We'll find out why. I'm hoping, with a nut, as we um, raise her this evening. Um, I think Santon City was the first one from Bruma Lake, but let's, let's get the story. Let's get the story. Without very much money, a nut, uh, nut after. You, you go and yeah. you, start, you start at Bruma, better line, I hope. You start at Bruma, and within a year or two, you're trading out of Santon City. That was your first sort of physical store, was it? Yes, in a bit. Two. I started in a three-month. Can you hold on a second, Bruce? Of course, Anat. We, we can hold on a second. Absolutely. I've got a customer, and the customer needs some extra aubergines with the falafel. So she's just delivering the aubergines. I can imagine this. She's in the store, and she's delivering and layering the tahini, um, which is made from sesame seeds, and it is delicious and creamy and pulls all of those delicious Middle Eastern flavors together. Um, the customer has been served a nut, I hope. Hello. There you are. You're back. Um, so t- talk to me about the evolution from the food truck in Bruma into what be- has become a franchise operation. We are a little short of time now, Anat, so we need to fast forward just a bit. Uh, in 1992, okay, I moved to, uh, I, I opened the shop in Santon. Actually, it was my husband who went to Santon to look for a, my husband told me that he thinks that the, the, we have to develop the, the, that the market, he doesn't think that the market will last for a long time. So he went to Centon and he, um, he went, there was a do- that donuts day. It was a, a shop for donuts. But it was a very big shop. So he spoke to the owner and he convinced him to uh, to open the and uh, he grew he before that he went to came to the flea market to check who we are what we doing and he saw that we are doing so well there that he was very confident and he let us divide the shop because he was paying so much rent and uh, we had to get the permission from the center and the uh, center the manageress of the center happened to be our client in the three mountains. <laughs> so she was very happy. You know, everything like played well for us. Um, and and uh, that, you, you, you make a decision quite early on to franchise. Um, and uh, that, I think, what have you learned from the franchise journey? Because I don't think franchising is an easy concept to originate. I'm not sure that you took much advice no, before, you launched, your, before you. you launched your own. And that cost you, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you what, we had no money when we opened that shop. We went to the bank manager and we asked him to give us the maximum, you know, uh, uh, the maximum on the on the credit card, you know. And he, 
it was easier times. People give, gave a chance. The bank used to give it a chance at that time, not like today. And that we stretched it, and we built a shop. Actually, the world has helped us to build the shop, you know. And even one of the chefs said one day, he said, Ish, we ne- I never saw a, 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 a chef that built a shop. But, uh, you know, we were working together, and everybody benefited from it eventually. And then we opened in Eastgate, which went very well. Centrum didn't do well at the beginning. For about three years, it didn't do well. But Eastgate, the moment we opened Eastgate, I think because the population knew us from the market, it went so well that we used thousands farmers a day. It was such a good shop, and that gave us the power, you know, to open, to progress, and to develop, and to go into the franchise. So that's how we started with the franchise. I admit we didn't do no much, and uh, we even said it on stage. No. Anats, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but uh, the line quality is so abysmal. It doesn't work on the digital connection, and it doesn't work on the telephone. Um, and producers, try one more. If there's another phone number, I don't know if we're going to have any luck. Um, it's been a shambles today in terms of technological challenges, and um, load shedding has exacerbated those problems and has worsened our connections. And we haven't had an interview fall over like this in an awfully long time because we've been able to rely generally on digital connections. But yo, the destructive nature of load shedding, not only to physical infrastructure, but to emotional and psychological infrastructure as well, is significant because Anat has given up her birthday evening for us this evening to join us, to teach us about what she has learned in 30 years of a startup with no money. And I mean, we tell people all the time in South Africa that we have to start up with no money. And, you know, yes, you've got no money, but there's hope for you if you just come up with an idea and then you get started. Now we get somebody who's willing to share that lesson with us and struggle. Oh, so annoying. But Anat Apta is, if nothing, <laughs> resilient and persistent as we are on The Money Show as well. Let's try. Third time lucky, Anat. Third time lucky. What are the biggest lessons you've learned from starting a business with very little money and then going into a franchise? What have you learned? I've learned that, uh, first of all, you mustn't be afraid when you, uh, uh, when you know that you have a product in your hands and you want to uh, build a business from it. Go for it. Go for it. I learned while I was doing, I was making it. My husband and myself, we were together in it, in it. I started it, but my husband joined me. And that's what we did. So, yes, yeah, so we opened at the beginning uh, uh, many shops, and then we closed some shops. But, and and we, we made money as we were open shops. We made money. And as, as, we, as we built the business, we learned. And it took us, uh, uh, you look, if I would have gone to... Um, a financial school before it would have been better if I would um, uh, have gone to do a franchise course before I opened. Also, I would have done better at the beginning. But I had my lesson while I was, I, was, I learned while I was uh, building my business. 
And, and that, uh, that comes that comes with huge risk, Anat, because it, it wouldn't have taken much to tip you over the edge and you wouldn't have necessarily known how to cope. What was the biggest lesson you learned at the coal face while frying up the falafel um, and having to learn um, as you went along? Look, I, you know what? I also needed to teach the customers to eat my food. If that's what you, I didn't hear you well. I didn't hear your question well. But I think that's what you were asking. Mm. So I needed to teach the people also to, to eat the Middle Eastern food. South Africa didn't have something like that at that time. You know, but I, I, you know, I used to serve customers and explain to them what is tahina, what is falafel made of. People thought that falafel is a chicken ball. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> and the shawarma, what it made, what spices I used to, to put. Uh, uh, you know, people ask me, people told me that they're allergic. I didn't know about allergy and things, you know, but I learned, I taught the customers, I, uh, I got them to know my, my food and to know what's in my food. You've, been going, think, you, you've been going for 30 years, Anat. Yes. Um, you've learned some incredibly incredible lessons along the way. You haven't grown at an astonishingly fast pace. I think being family-owned, you've been able to be very selective at the pace of your rollout, the speed of your rollout. At what point uh, do, you, do, you, do you sell this business and, and then enjoy the proceeds of 30 years of hard labor? I will, I will, in a few years' time. Today I'm 67, but by 70, maybe I'll sell the business. But at the moment, I went through, you know, Anat is not only the, the, the franchise. Anat, we have, we have a, a, a bakery that sells pita and, and, uh, and, uh, pita and, and all my, our products also to restaurants and to, uh, supermarkets. You know, Woolworths is, is our big customer for pita. The pitas that you see in Woolworths is ours. Okay. You see, so that's also what we make money from. Uh, at the moment, I'm very connected, tied to my business. Uh, I love to run it myself. Uh, I even still make the spices for the, you know, I myself make the spices every two weeks. You know, I don't let anyone make the spices without my supervision. You understand? So I am also emotionally connect, connected to the business, and I don't feel uh, any any that I need to sell it now. You know, I don't feel that I really need to get rid of it now. Because, you know, it runs smooth. I have my, my operation. You know, I'm not on, on my own in this. I have my employees who knows the business, who work with me for many years. So it's not difficult. I'm a granny also, so I have a time to be a granny. I have a time to, be, uh, uh, to do what I want. And I still, you know, run the business. Anat Apta, founder at Anat. And I'm so sorry that it was such a disjointed discussion, but I think we've learned one or two things from Anat this evening. The founder of Anat on her birthday this evening, 67th birthday. She's been running that business for 30 years. Got another good three years in her, perhaps a little bit more, uh, but looking forward to watching the evolution further of Anat. I always wondered where it came from. Now you know.